3: Michigan football fans, welcome to another episode of Victory Valiant, podcast here on SB Nation and Mason My name is Avon Lozon. Joining me, as always, are my partners in crime, Colin and Andy. Boys, it was an interesting game yesterday, but Michigan got the win. How are we feeling?
1: Pretty good. I mean, it's, uh, it was an interesting game, I guess, to say the least. <laughs> uh, odd tail
2: yeah, force, definitely... that's all I can
3: say. <laughs> on to Air Force, that's right. So Michigan is 2-0 and now after the victory yesterday against the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, it, it was an interesting game, as we already alluded to. There were some miscues on offense, miscues on special teams. There were some fumbles, but Wilton Spate didn't uh, uh, get intercepted for touchdowns this week, so that's always a plus. Uh, the rushing game for Michigan looked really good. Ty Isaac uh, started the game, and he never really looked back. He had 20 carries for... Over 100 yards, and he had uh, a long carry of 53 yards. That looked real nice. Uh, as far as the receiving game went, uh, Kakoa Crawford had the big 43 yard touchdown to uh, start Michigan scoring. Uh, Grant Perry added a touchdown later on in the game. Uh, but those miscues that I alluded to, Wilton Spate fumbled twice. He only lost one of them. Uh, that was on uh, a carry that was going to be an end around to Kakoa Crawford. and the snap was never really right there on the money, and, and Wilton Spade ended up losing that one. Uh, but defensively, the defense looks really good, uh, as always. Rashawn Gary came in real nice. Mo um, Hurst had another good game. Uh, De- Devin Bush, uh, he was all over the place. Kakoa or I'm sorry, Kalief Hudson, uh, had had a real nice game, and uh, the the defense added two pick sixes uh, with Lavert Hill and uh, Tyree Kinnell getting those two interceptions. So what, what do we think overall about the offense, defense, and special teams uh, after this performance? Let's start with Andy.
1: Um, you know, overall, I think that the the defense is obviously a strong point of the day. Um, the only touchdown that they allowed uh, really on their own time came in the third quarter after a big run from their quarterback Moore. But um, overall, they uh, the defense is great. They put themselves in a position to be good again all day. Um, they, they were forced to be on the field a lot because Michigan's offense struggled to get things going, and I guess that alludes into what I'll talk about next, and that's that Michigan's offense still has a long way to go um, before they're going to be, you know, Big Ten championship caliber or anything. I think yesterday answered a lot of questions about that. Um, Wilton Spade's still overthrowing receivers. He's not quite uh, there yet. He needs to lock in with these guys and get his chemistry better with them, I guess. Um, there was too many mistakes and errors Obviously on the one uh, end around he tried to get it to Crawford, that, that fumble, that, that's just a mistake that can't happen, especially in a bigger game. Um, luckily they played against a team yesterday that they were just bigger than stronger then, so they were able to get the win. Um, it really wasn't, you know, too much. It wasn't really too much of their own skill to got them the win yesterday. I think it was just the fact that they were bigger and stronger or were able to beat them up by the end of the game. The two pick sixes obviously made the win more of a blowout than it would have been, I think, if their offense would have been the only uh, portion of the game scoring points. Um, on special teams, they struggled again punting. Um, they just – they weren't getting the job done there. There was a couple shanks um, from Hart. He, he wasn't doing the best job he probably could have. He's got to get a couple of those longer. That needs to get fixed. The season goes along here. And on the return game, they just need to get away from the ball and things starts bouncing around. I mean, Jabril Peppers last year, last every single time the ball would come around him, he would wave his arms and tell people to get away and the team would respond to it, and he took that leadership role. You didn't see that out of the Peoples-Jones. Then Grant Perry came in. He did a good job of just making fair catches and getting the ball um, and making sure this offense had it. Peoples-Jones was trying to do too much, and, I mean, I get that as a young player. You're trying to show your ability right out the gate and trying to show that you can be a guy that is really effective in that return game, but you still have to be smart and be careful in certain situations. And when the ball's bouncing around and you still have a bunch of your players trying to block for you because you didn't make it clear, you know that the ball is near all of them. Then you know miscues like that and fumbles are going to happen. So uh, special teams—they have a lot to improve on. Offense—they have a lot to improve on. Right now, it's when the defense is winning in these games.
3: Colin, what did what did you think about the offense, defense, and special teams uh, against uh, first, Cincinnati compared to Florida?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, the on People's Jones. Uh, all right. Well, first of all, on the People's Jones front, um, I think he just there's just a ton of pressure on him to contribute right away. And you saw last week, you know, his roommate, the, a lesser recruit than him, Tariq Black, already broke out. People, Jones, you're supposed to be the next Braylon Edwards. You're supposed to be the next great receiver in college football. So he's just feeling the pressure early. So I can understand why he's trying to, you know, establish himself early, why he's taking risks. But he's going to learn. You know, Harbaugh's going to get on him this week. He's going to say, don't take those risks. So I'm not too worried about him. Um, I was more concerned with Bill Hart on the special teams because he looked pretty good against Florida, but had two really bad punts yesterday. Like back-to-back, one for 21 yards. You can't do that like there's no excuse for that especially when you're getting all day to punt. So uh special teams those are some things they need to get fixed for sure. Biggest concern is offense and it all starts with Wilton Spate. Like you guys are talking about those fumbles, that bad handoff to Ty Isaac uh, on first and goal at the 3 where you lose 7 yards. That can't happen. Those are drive killers. And then uh, the fumble to Kakoa Crawford in, uh, late in the late in the first half on the end of round like you got to be able to make simple handoffs. That's something they teach you in peewee football. So if you're at the highest level of college football, you're at Michigan you're trying to win a championship, Those are inexcusable. He has to get better. I think uh, just the biggest difference between this year and last year is the guys around him. Last year, he had guys that played so many football games before. They had tons of experience, so he didn't have to be the leader. Those guys kind of brought him him along as the season went on. This season, he's trying to bring the young guys along, and it's just not happening. So I'm thinking uh, maybe give Peters a shot against Air Force. I mean, What do you have to lose? O'Corn, he obviously can't get it done. uh, Spate just doesn't have it, doesn't seem. I would try Peters. And uh, last week, I kind of saw the same thing against Florida. They got off to a fast start, scored early. But the second they got into trouble, the second they started turning over, Spade's confidence was shattered. He was not good the rest of the game. He couldn't finish drives, and they relied on the defense to pull it out. Luckily, in back-to-back weeks, the defense scored touchdowns. And that's, uh, that just speaks to that unit. Don Brown's obviously getting it done. But Tim Drevno has got to get this offense going. I'm uh, not too worried about the special teams, but uh, I think it's time for quarterback change.
3: Andy, do you have your headphones plugged in? Yeah. Oh, really? That's so weird. Cause it seems like Colin's audio is coming through yours too.
1: No, yeah, I got them plugged in.
3: Okay, that's weird. All right, I'll just tell Broome to edit that part out. But um, yeah, I'll just move on to the next topic here just to speed things up. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Brandon Peters probably should get uh, some experience at least. Uh, I was hoping to see him a little bit against uh, Cincinnati this past week but obviously uh, they stuck around a little too long for him to get that experience that I thought that he would get so hopefully he's able to get some against Air Force next week but we'll definitely see but uh, you know as far as individual play goes and I think this answer might be obvious but who do you guys want to see the most improvement from next week when uh, Air Force rolls into town? Uh, outside of the quarterback well I mean it could, be, it, it could be
2: Wilton Spade if you'd, if you'd like to answer that I would just say any quarterback who's under center better show me something or I'm, or I'm gonna I'm gonna freak because it's time it's year three of the Harbaugh <laughs> area we thought quarterbacks would be our strongest asset we thought year one that would be the only year maybe you wouldn't have great quarterback play and Jake Rudock was fantastic like he more than did his job he exceeded expectations since then quarterback play has gotten worse and worse each, each season that's not acceptable that's the number one area. When you have a defense this good, maybe the best defense Michigan has ever had, and you're finally getting a running game now, the quarterback has to improve. So that's why I need to see it. Whoever plays under center, they got to show me something.
1: Yeah, I'm with them. I'm with Colin 100%. I think that they need to have improvement at quarterback. Obviously, Wilton's pay isn't where he is right now, or where he was in the first nine games last season. Obviously, towards the end of the season, he struggled, and a lot of that we thought was because of the injury. Now you're maybe starting to wonder if maybe he just doesn't have it all. Maybe he's not going to be the best quarterback in the team right now, but I mean, it's still early in the season. There's a lot of young players he's playing with. We'll see if he can improve over these next couple of weeks. It's something that he needs to do because as a team, they need their quarterback to improve or they're not going to get anywhere. Um, I'd also like to see a lot of improvements on special teams overall, as we've already alluded to. I, I want to see – I don't care if it is Grant Perry that's back there receiving kicks every time, and maybe he's not the most electric player, but as long as he can make fair catches and not muff the ball and give his offense the ball back in you know good field position and make the smart plays, that's the most key thing to me because not every season you're going to have a peppers back there that can be smart and have the ability to be able to break away and make a big play in the special teams uh, game on a return. Um, sometimes you just have to accept that you don't really have that on your team. I think Peoples-Jones could be that player, but right now he's making too many mistakes, so the young player would be back there doing that. Um, on defense, they don't really have any – I don't think there's really any major improvements they have to have there. Um, offensively, just I guess just Chris Evans, you know, maybe he needs to start picking up his game because they are going to need more than just Ty Isaac because if Ty Isaac is the only – running back that's doing it, teams are just going to catch on to it and it's eventually going to stop working and, you know, being that effective because I, I think they need another running back that's going to change their pace a little bit more. Chris Evans can still be that guy. He just needs to improve, put his head down, and run a lot harder.
3: Yeah, that was going to be one of the guys that I pinpointed as well was Chris Evans because when it comes to Chris Evans, Kai Isaac, Karan Higdon, these guys are all different kind of runners, and you need to be able to utilize all of those different kind of running backs that you have uh at your disposal. Isaac is uh you know a little more of a tougher uh downfield runner uh where Chris Evans can really get shifty, elusive and and uh, really works his feet really well to uh make those cuts that he needs to make to pick up crucial yards and he was able to do that against Florida. Uh he he had I think 22 carries against Florida. He he led the team in carries but uh he only had five uh I th- I think it was five um Let me look back here. Yeah, five carries against Cincinnati this past Saturday. Um, I'm not exactly sure if it was more so Harbaugh relying on Isaac because he's been the more stable running back or if they're just uh, losing confidence in him overall. Um, He only ran for 15 yards on his five carries, so it's not like he was picking up uh, uh, a big rushing plays at all. But I agree. I think Evans needs to step it up a little bit. And uh, whoever's at the punting position, they need to step it up as well. Like you guys said earlier, um, you just can't make those shank plays. Um, Really makes you appreciate Kenny Allen last year. He was uh, uh, as reliable of a punter as Michigan has seen since maybe Zoltan Mesko back in the day. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would definitely like to see some improvement on the punting. Uh, The the secondary running backs that that Michigan has, because obviously Ty Isaac is going to be the workhorse uh, from now on, it seems like. And uh, obviously the quarterback position is going to be crucial as well. But uh, speaking of crucial plays, there were a few of them yesterday that kind of kept Michigan in the game, um, or not really in the game. They were always leading, but uh, kept Michigan uh, from potentially blowing the lead. Um, Is there any play that sticks out to you guys when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, it being a critical play at a, a critical time in the game?
2: I would say the, uh, the Grant Perry touchdown. They needed a huge boost. That's when it got down to a field goal game. Michigan was driving a little bit, but State Spate, you could still see, was having some issues. And then uh, even overthrew Perry a little bit on that play. Perry had to go high. Yeah. He had to jump high yeah, and bring that one in, and it made a big play. I think Perry has been maybe your most consistent, uh, not just receiver, but maybe offensive player overall so far, maybe outside of Isaac. Perry has done a great job. I remember thinking a few weeks back, no one thought he'd be on the team and um, then had the big, the horrible spin in the first game against Florida. A lot of people were kind of – he wasn't exactly uh, in, in everybody's favor at that moment, but since then, dude, that guy has caught in everything. He's been great in the slot, and that play really changed the game around. Because once he scored that touchdown, the momentum flipped back to Michigan, and then uh, they sealed it from there. So I think that was your game-changing play.
1: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I, I think all the off-field issues were something that was, you know, just kind of taken away from the player that Perry was. Um People expected him to be good until all this stuff started happening, and then he just kind of went under the radar and wasn't talked about as much just because you didn't really know if he's going to be on the team or not, like you said. And ever since he's been back, I mean, him and Spade have had a good chemistry, it seems like, and he's been able to make a lot of plays on offense. Obviously, he should have had another catch in that game, too, that maybe could have kept the drive alive. But the officiating crew or or replay officials don't know how to watch a replay, I guess, because that was clearly a catch. Um, They didn't call a catch earlier in the game. But that was definitely – Play that changed the game. Um, obviously, another one too you could point to at the end. There was Lavert Hill's interception to kind of put the game away, a hundred percent, and like end it and give Michigan a bigger lead. Maybe put some confidence into next week. So it's not just a small win because um, that score really was indicative of how the game went the entire time. I mean, Cincinnati was in that game for a majority of it, and I mean overall that 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 can't happen against these kind of teams. So we keep giving the offense credit for these plays that they make, you know, to kind of like, you know, be a key play in the game that turns it around. But in games against people like Cincinnati, the offense should be making enough plays to where they don't have to have that many plays that we, you know, go back to and point as the key play in my opinion. But if there was one on offense that they did, that kind of changed the game. It was definitely that pass to Grant Perry because they needed a huge pick me up.
3: I think the most critical play was actually kind of early on in the game. It was the first pick six by Tyree Kinnell. Uh, that one really uh, kept them uh, from, you know, potentially going down because at halftime yeah. <laughs> it was ten seven. You take away that pick six; it's pick six. It's only ten to seven. Cincinnati scored on their first drive, so you could potentially see uh, the Wolverines being in a losing situation at that point. That would potentially switch up the offensive play calling from Harbaugh and Tim Drevno. Who knows what happens after that point? So I think that early pick six that put them up fourteen nothing early on. I think that was. Uh, probably the most critical play in my opinion just because um, there is a, a the potential chance that Michigan could uh, at one point in time be losing and uh, that could change up the way that Wilton Spate performed and you know they did all their uh, play calling on offense so it could have been uh, a little different had that not happened uh, so I, I usually look at uh, at the uh, defensive wins as uh, as the most critical plays you could always uh, you know, look at the Grant Perry touchdowns like what you guys were saying. But I think the Ty Isaac uh, 53 yard, yeah, 53 yard run was also a really critical play there. Um, it was their, I think it was their first or second play on offense. Uh, they really needed some points at that point in time, and he was able to pick up yard after yard. And he was actually able to get another really long rushing uh, attempt as well, but it got called back on a hold. Earlier in the game, so Isaac being a stable uh, running back in the offense at this point has really helped out, and uh, those were just a few critical plays in that game. But yeah, Grant Perry's um, touchdown—that was a really nice play. He he hasn't dropped like a single ball since he's been back with the with the program. He's been as impressive of a wide receiver as uh, as you could really hope for and ask for uh, so far in the season. Uh, which is yeah, which is really surprising. Like you guys said, you know, he was kind of an afterthought. Everyone was thinking that you're going to see McDoom in the slot, and uh, the offense was going to look completely different. But Grant Perry being back, it's uh, it, it's nice to see him, uh, you know, correcting his mistakes and and uh, him performing really really well. I'd say he's probably the most consistent wide receiver that Michigan's had so far this season. So uh, moving forward to Air Force yeah, though, what are you guys uh, uh looking for out of? Uh, uh, Michigan's defense when it comes to Air Force's uh, triple option. Colin?
2: What I really want to see is the speed on the edges. Remember the last time that we played Air Force was, I think, uh, year two of the Brady Hoke era. That was after we got killed by Bama. Yeah. So we were thinking we were yeah. going to get a big win against Air Force, and they came in, and Michigan barely won that game. Remember, Dardar Robinson had to go off yep. just to keep us in that one. The defense got uh, destroyed with that speed on the edges and that tricky triple option. So uh, Obviously, our defense has come a long way since then. We have maybe the best in the country now. But I still, want, I still want them to prove themselves. We Remember against Cincinnati, they still beat us on the edges a little bit. There still a lot of those handoffs, a lot of those end-arounds, a lot of that misdirection on the edges, which still was kind of a thorn on Michigan side with those faster linebackers, you know, Bush, Hudson, uh, McCray. We, I want to see that stop. So against uh, a against triple option, I want to see them really pack the box. I want to see them kill that rushing attack. And I want, I want to see them shut out Air Force, frankly. No, that's probably probably a little unrealistic, but um, I really want to see them just on the edges seal that because we know how tough they are up the middle. But when you go against teams like Ohio State and Penn State later in the season, they're going to try and exploit you on the end. So uh, saving the tone now against all offenses like that will be key.
1: I I don't think it's necessarily uh, too crazy. I guess to say that you want them to shut them out, Cullen. I think that is possible, but. The problem is right now I don't have confidence in them to do that because I don't think their offense is going to put them in a position to do that right now. They The offense seems to pick up their game more um, in order to help this defense out. Um, I, I think that they'll do fine against Air Force's You know, a, attack that they use on offense. Michigan's played them before in the past, and they have given up points to them, but almost every team gives up points to this team because they have such a good offensive attack when they play against them. But I, I don't think that their defense will struggle against that. I think it's more or less if Michigan's offense can find a way to get enough time possession. <laughs> To keep their defense off the field more so they don't have to deal with it as much and that'll allow them to rest up more because it's going to take a lot of speed in this game Michigan's going to have to be able to move to sideline to sideline quick like they've shown them they can do but it's hard to do that through four quarters if you're on the field constantly so hopefully their offense can balance up the game enough to where Michigan um, doesn't have to be on the field that much on defense and maybe they can hold them to you know a 10 points or less kind of game but we'll, we'll see what happens I think that they're defense is definitely the better of the two powers when you're talking about Air Force's offense compared to Michigan's defense.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think a uh, a, a shutout is uh, you know really out of the equation, but when you're going up against a triple option team like Air Force, it's always difficult to uh, really pinpoint what exactly they're trying to do, and uh, I think that may present a challenge to Michigan a little bit, but um, I, I think overall, I think the defense will be fine. The defense has really shown the last couple of weeks that they're for real, uh, regardless of inexperience or youth or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, when you got guys like Rashawn Gary and Mohurst and Chase Winovich, uh, you know, on, on the defensive line with speedsters like Devin Bush, like you were saying, and Khalil Hudson filling in at that Viper role that Peppers played really well last year. Uh, it, it's really hard to put up points against Michigan's defense. And uh, you know, even though Cincinnati was able to put up 14 uh, uh, on Saturday, um, it's still really not indicative of, of uh, the score of how the the game was played out. Uh, really, for the second week in a row. But um, but lastly, um, last question I want to ask you guys today is who was the MVP from uh, the Cincinnati game? Let's start with uh, Andy. Who was your MVP?
1: Um, over overall, I would uh, I'd probably say that. The MVP, if I had to pick one, was probably Ty Isaac just because he kept the offense moving. Um, he was the player that when they, it seemed like they needed a big play, he found a big run, or he kind of would just push the pile and get them first downs, and they needed it because no one else on Michigan's offense was doing it. Obviously, there's a lot of people you can point to in the defense that played a good game, but um, Ty Isaac led the rushing attack, and I believe they rushed for just under about 200 yards. I think it was 190-something, if I'm not mistaken. But um, they overall, he uh, he had a great game, and he was able to – be the leader of that rushing attack and keep their offense in the field for a good amount of the game because without him with the way that spate was passing i don't know if they would have been able to um do as much so to me he was their overall mvp he was the most valuable player in that win
3: colin who's your mvp
2: oh i actually have two co-mvps uh my first one is michigan secondary which looked lights out yesterday did you know, they went against a, probably a better passing attack than Florida, given Florida's quarterback situation and all their suspensions. Uh, so LaVert Hill, all those guys were great. The two-pick sixes was really yeah. nice, especially last yeah. year. Remember, Michigan had no problem getting turnovers, but they didn't really score that many points, and they kind of needed to, like teams like Ohio State did and all that. So to see them getting those pick, the, the picks and finishing those was great. The other one is uh, Luke Fickles, Michigan's other MVP for his horrible <laughs> clock management. Oh, my goodness. That guy could not manage anything, in the, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, Cincinnati was terrible. He never knew when to take a timeout, never knew when to quite run the the right player. And also, um, Cincinnati just had, what, they had five delayed games yesterday? Like, it was terrible. His offense wasn't ready. So Luke Fickle, the defensive guy, uh, I appreciate his uh, lack of inability to run an offense. So he's also my co-MVP.
3: I think my MVP from Saturday's game is uh, Kalik Hudson. And his, the, the stats show it, but also if you were just at the stadium watching him run around, he was everywhere, man. I mean, you could say the Mm -hmm. same thing about Devin Bush and uh, Tyree Cannell, but Kalik Hudson, he was causing havoc all over the place. He had uh, six total tackles, two sacks, and two tackles for loss. Uh, He was really just uh, causing havoc in the backfield, causing havoc to the quarterback. He was just – he was all over the place. He was was Michigan's do-it-all man, really, uh, yesterday. But uh, I, I want to give a least valuable player shout-out to Michigan's fans who were booing yesterday. How, it's just unbelievable that your team is up by more than a touchdown against Cincinnati. It's your first home game, and you're booing the team. It's just it, it's disgraceful. It's, it doesn't make you look good. It doesn't make the Michigan fans as a whole look good. Um, I, I don't really know what m- much else the fans were looking for or were asking for. Uh, that were booing, but it, it's just sad that your first home game, you got, you know, you know, all these young guys playing for the first time, and you're booing them. And it's like Bo Schembechler said way back in the day: you're not gonna uh, discourage each other; you're gonna encourage each other. And I think that that's what the Michigan fans that were booing should uh, uh, really, really learn from uh, that great Bo uh, okay.
2: okay, okay. Well, what are they supposed to do? Clap for Wilton Spade for him being available? <laughs> oh, you're not gonna. That get his ass off the field. No. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with them. I mean, when the product on the oh, field is Colin, garbage, no. like they're tearing down the deep, <laughs> no, no, because the offense needs to get their crap together. I'm completely fine with that. Cheer for the defense. Only you and out there showing a pulse. When your offense can't move the ball in damn Cincinnati, that's a problem. So get it fixed. This ain't this ain't high school where everyone gets a damn ribbon or everyone gets a trophy. bomb <laughs> we're, we're trying to win a damn Big Ten championship. Get
3: on board. I I am on board with wanting to win a Big Ten championship. But the fans have to be on board as well. And I understand that the offense has had its problems, and you're going to see it. But to see it early on, it's better to see it against a team like Cincinnati when, uh, you know, it's not a Big Ten game. Would you rather see it now?
1: I think it's it's frankly – I think quite frankly it should be expected right now, to be honest. I I think that they have a lot of new people on that offense. Like, I mean, it's not – not to say that they should be close against Cincinnati because they probably shouldn't. And I can understand how the fans were getting restless yesterday. It was getting pathetic. I mean, and it's not even so much booing the offense, maybe booing their offensive coordinator for the calls that were coming out because they were so boring and dry. And they weren't doing anything to try to change it up to make a big play happen or anything. It was just we're going to keep hand and to Isaac until he finally breaks one away, which he did. And that's fine and all. But you have, to, you have to change it up more. And I think that, if anything, you should be booing the offensive coordinator, not really the players in the field because – they're all young. They're still trying to get into the system and, like, figure everything out. But yeah. if you're not letting them exploit their full talent and ability and you're just doing these boring and uh, dry play calls, I mean, it's, it's not really that easy to, I don't know, it's, it's hard to get out of a bad rhythm that you're in if you're not changing it up, I think.
2: No, and I think a lot of that booing was directed at Drevno and the offense, just for the game plan overall. Like when you're it's third and eight, and you're trying to do a little drag play, and you get two yards out of it, that's not acceptable. Yeah, exactly. You got to at least try to get the first down and try to like shake it up a little bit. I know they don't want to open up the full playbook before they face you know the Big Ten schedule and all that, but you got to show a little more than you are.
3: I agree, but I just don't agree with the booing. I I think it was just uh you know I you know being at the game. And seeing firsthand that offense struggle against uh, Cincinnati's defense, I understand the struggles that Michigan fans may have had at the time because it was a rough go. It was a very long first half. It seemed like it went forever. I'm pretty sure it was like almost a two-hour first half. It was a very long first half. Um, But, you know, I I never once did I boo. Never once did I say, oh, get Wilton Spade out of the game. You know, there were tons of guys behind me and to the left of me, uh, you know, really rooting for John O'Corn to come out uh, you know, on, on the every single ensuing offensive position. I don't
1: know why someone would want John O'Corn to come out. Yeah, they would. <laughs> right. you're, all, all. you're not going to get any better out of John O'Corn. I I know I hate this guy in this podcast every time we seem to talk about him, but <laughs> he's just not a big-time quarterback, man.
3: Look, it's like the Andrew Dockage of the football team. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, at this point, if, you know, if Wilton Spate wasn't the guy, he wouldn't be playing, you know. He, he's yep. obviously the best quarterback uh, that Michigan has right now that can put on the field. And, you know, honestly, if, if that's the best quarterback that Jim Harbaugh can put on the field right now, um, you just got to roll with it. And I think that Michigan fans, especially those ones that were booing on Saturday, they just have to realize that roll with it and just, uh, uh, hope that, uh, the running game can, uh, produce as well as it did on Saturday, uh, moving forward.
2: No, and see, and that's why everyone's concerned, because year three of the Jim Harbaugh era, you sh- that shouldn't be the best quarterback you can put on the field. Like, if that's the best you got, you're in trouble. Like, we should be competing for Big Ten championships. We all figured right when Harbaugh was hired, 2015, you know, this th- year three is the year. He finally has a lot of his own guys in there, but he's still stuck with a mediocre quarterback. That it's time for a change. If that's the best we have, then
3: that's a big concern. We will, uh, we will definitely find out if uh, the struggles continue, and I'll probably one, be asking. One thing
1: I gotta ask you guys. Oh yeah. Do you, do you think that? Uh, do you think? Do you think Michigan drops in the rankings at all after a game like this this past weekend, or do you no, think they stay right about even at eight? No, I They're
3: think I, I think just I think just because uh, the AP voters are so inept at uh, actually analyzing games, I think they'll probably stay around eight, if not move up a spot or two, just because Ohio State lost. Um, so yeah, true. I, I think just because, you know, all the AP voters don't have time to dissect every game, they're just going to look at the scoreboard. They're going to look at the stats sheet and they're going to say, okay, Michigan won. They won by 22 points. Uh, you know, the defense played well. Hey, look, Spate threw two touchdowns and no picks. Let's move them up a spot. I, I think that how about
1: <laughs> what saying?
3: I, I think just because of all of that, I think that I don't think they'll move down. I think if anything, they'll move up one or two spots.
1: No, I can agree with that. I think they're going to stare about even at eight. I was just wondering what you think, but how about Baker Mayfield, huh? Going into the horseshoe and doing that to Ohio State. I mean, I was I was shocked last yeah. night. I did not expect to see a score like that in the fourth quarter.
3: He put the dagger in the butt guys, and he uh, put the flag put, yeah, at the fifty. Or the savage.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that, yeah. Did you guys see the uh, the recording of that afterwards? Uh, I I saw it on Instagram. Um, I wasn't actually watching it, but I saw that Herbstreet, they were, uh, they were talking up in the booth and he's like, oh no, he's not going to plant that, is he? he and then Herbstreet's just like, he's going to plant it, he's going to plant it. I was like, oh God, Herbstreet's going to start crying in the booth
2: right now. Her, Herbie died
3: a little bit inside.
1: <laughs> he did, he didn't like that at all.
3: Part of Herb Street's soul is now forever engraved in, in the horseshoe, so that's, uh, that's too bad for Herbstreet, but yeah, it was definitely, uh, an interesting moment last night and, uh, I think because of it, I think Michigan may move up, uh. One or two spots in the AP poll, but
1: to, to be honest, I, I hope that Ohio State doesn't lose another game like that the rest of the season because I want to see Michigan and Ohio State play at an absolute top level again at the end of the year, where they're both ranked into the top five, and that game agree. matters like that. That's the only reason that I didn't want them to lose last night. But at the end of the day, I mean, you can't help but be like, wow, well, you know, I can't believe they actually lost that game, and it's hard to be upset about it.
3: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, uh, I th- I think uh, I-, I think you can really say that for all Michigan fans when when you say that, uh, it's never a bad thing when the Buckeyes lose, but I agree. You do you do want to see Michigan, Ohio state on the, uh,
1: Michigan needs to do it themselves. It's not, uh, it's not about, it's not about other teams beating them anymore. Michigan needs to, they need to beat Ohio state themselves. Harbaugh needs to do it himself. Yep.
3: Agreed. So. Agreed. Well, I think, uh, that's all the time we got today on Victor's Valiant. Uh, good, good podcast boys. I can't wait to do it next week with you and, uh, recap the air force game. Hopefully we can, uh, come back on here and uh, say that Michigan's 3-0. No. Uh, we'll be here. Yep, that's right. But uh, until then, for Andy and for Cullen, my name is Vaughn, and we will talk to you guys next time. Go Blue. Boomer Sooner.